Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list in hour number one. In about 20 minutes, 25 minutes from right now, we will start recapping the pressers from yesterday. First of all, Iowa State, Dave Sproul is going to join us, KASI and Learfield. Get the latest uh, from Dave Sproul, what he heard. Uh, Matt Campbell say after the uh, Cyhawk win over the weekend and in advance of Ohio paying a visit to Jack Trice. Uh, ESPN Plus has the game, I believe it's another 1 o'clock kick, mm-hmm. uh, but Dave Sproul will be here to kick things off. Then John Bowenkamp, he was in Iowa City yesterday, uh, where Kirk Ferentz met the media. That was following the opportunity to uh, listen to some of the players, what they had to say, kind of the same old, same old, rinse and repeat in both cases. But John Bowenkamp will be here, probably have him to carve out a minute or two as his Dodgers clinched again. That must be boring. Um, year after year after yeah. year. Uh, well, and I saw it the night before. I thought they had clinched on Twitter, and that's why I bet on the D-backs. I, you know, I wondered about that yeah. when, when I saw that last night, that the chance to clinch, and I, I thought back to your Circa play of the day, which comes up at 11.05. By the way, 11.50, no, 11.20, Stuart Mandel from The Athletic on college football, and then Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs uh, on the eve of Chargers-Chiefs tomorrow Thursday night football. But yes, when you made your play yesterday... I kind of got. I I understood the reasoning behind mm-hmm. it. So I guess you're betting them today. Uh, that that's what. I, if I'm going with my theory, then yes, I got to jump back on board. And I wasted a bet yesterday. Merrill Kelly was not very good last night. That was another. Piece I of didn't it. see a pitch of it, Trent. I did watch a lot of baseball yesterday, especially last night, as we've said many times in the fall or in September. Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, are for baseball. Watch the Cubs beat Degrom. I watched the Twins. They had a, m- a much needed win. What was the hullabaloo about pulling Ryan? He was at 106 pitches. This is what I'm saying, right? He's young. It's not like they're... Yeah, see, I would have got him out. I have no problem getting no, him out. not at all. This was a big deal. This happened the last time they had a guy leave in a no-hitter like this was Kevin Slowey, like 15 years ago. <laughs> right. That was a big deal at the time. Uh-huh. And he went through seven and had 106 pitches. And, <laughs> and I remember the freakout, and honestly... I was kind of with him you at were that time. at that time. Yeah, you're a little this older will, now. Just let him go at the, just groove fastballs and, until they get a hit. Well, they right? ruined Lariano that way. If you a lot of yes, a lot of did. years back now, uh-huh. uh, they ruined. I don't know if they ruined, but he wasn't the same pitcher after that. But he stuck around, had a nice long career, but certainly made adjustments coming out of the bullpen, etc. Uh, for him, so good to see the Twins get a win. And did not pick up any ground. No, because the uh, the Guardians won, and uh, and of course the White Sox. I spent some time on the White Sox last night uh, as well, watching uh, watching that game. Love White Wednesday. Sox three back, Twins five back. For me, with the Twins right now, Trent, it's all about getting to five hundred. Although I do have a little bit of a cushion because what's the number seventy eight and a half? It is yes. So they got to win seventy nine games for both of us to cash their uh, tickets. Let's do uh, it. I love futures. I just love it down the stretch. Uh, I bet a future yesterday. Um, we're going to tape our TV show. Mm-hmm. Framber Valdez, have you seen his numbers? And Verlander is out. Yes, yes. And Framber Valdez, pitcher for a left-handed pitcher for the Astros, is fifteen and five. Mm-hmm. I had a complete game the other night. He was great. It was terrific. Mm-hmm. Did you see what he is to win the Cy Young? No, one hundred twenty-five to one. Ooh, I think that's a miss. So he gets 
Two or three more Probably starts. Probably three more starts. At least, maybe four. Let's say he goes, gets three more wins, gets to 18 and five. And Dylan Cease, by the way, is an overwhelming favorite right now. Yes. A guy that you already have a ticket. Uh, 11 to one or 12 to one. Yep. So you're hedging maybe yep. just a little yep. bit here. So in terms of strikeouts, he's in the top 10. He Valdez is, or yes, Cease? Valdez. Yeah. He's got 169. Strikeouts are a big component, it feels like, though. Either strikeout rate or just overall strikeouts. If he could get to 200, that'd be what? Asking a lot. Yeah, 31 more, three starts, that's 10. Mm -hmm. If it is four starts, maybe, but even that, yeah, it's going to be difficult to even get to that number. At 125 to one, though? You have to take a chance. I I would fire a dart at that one. Where'd you find that? Uh, Bet Rivers. All right. Bet Rivers at 125 to one. Let's go over to Bet Rivers and get ready for that one, because I'm going to jump aboard with you. You talked me into it. Well, I I put that in our uh, picks for uh, for Mediacom. Okay, gotcha. All right, so uh, since we're talking baseball, this is a story that for... Look, if you listen to the show, Trent and I are baseball fans. Uh, But we have hardly... um, opined on we've talked a lot about pool holes mm-hmm. we're both hoping he gets to 700 but here comes the judge who hits another couple of home runs yeah. last night and is zeroing in on an american league record this just in the american league's been around a long time yes, it has. um and, and and the record's been around a long time because the american league record not the home run record that's barry bonds like it or not his name's in the record book should there be an asterisk well they're not mm-hmm. uh so major league baseball is telling you there doesn't need to be one there you can have your own beliefs on that. Uh, but the American League, Aaron Judge is chasing Roger Maris, who in 1961 hit 61 home runs, and the record has stood. Um, and now, with 20 games remaining, Aaron Judge uh, finds himself four from tying, five from breaking. It sure seems like he's going to do it. He's yeah. having one of the most remarkable seasons um, that we've seen in a long, long time. And there's been some good seasons out of guys. Uh, but what Aaron Judge did, go back to the beginning of the year, you know, betting on himself, um, and then to put up the numbers that he is putting up and is on the cusp of breaking a, a record that's been around for decades, uh, that's, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. A, it's the Yankees. They don't move the needle here. They don't. People hate... If, they, if you start talking about, and probably we probably lost them already. <laughs> if you talk about the Red Sox and the Yankees, I'm out. <laughs> I get it. But you can't overlook what he's doing. Right. It's fun to watch. It, it is. really is even. And he's such a behemoth of yes. a human being. He looks like a cartoon character. He does. And apparently, Trent, uh, this is a pretty good dude, too. Yeah. I've seen a number of occasions this year where he's gone out of his way. When an instance in Toronto this year when a, when a young boy, growing up in Toronto, but a Yankees fan... Um, Aaron Judge hit a home run. Aaron Judge hit a home run at Rogers Center, and somebody a couple of seats over caught the ball. That's right, and gave it to the little kid, and the little kid breaks down in tears. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge gets told about the story the next day. Him and his dad are in the dugout prior to the game with Aaron Judge. Yeah, you know, um, last night high five and a gal just made her life at uh, at, at Fenway Park. Um, you love to see athletes. He's certainly not the only one. He's no. certainly not the only one. But this is an example of it. So if the record goes down, and it sure looks as though it's on the cusp of doing so, um, you know, hats off to him. A little intrigue for baseball. As it gets swallowed up by football during this time, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. I for agree With For a sport that we love. Yep. But like you, it just falls It's by Tuesday the and Wednesdays, man. If... So the Twins do have a five-game series coming up this weekend at Cleveland. It's huge. They have to win a minimum four out of five uh-huh. and probably have to sweep. 
Uh, four out of five is minimum. Yeah. Uh, for, because you go sure. three and two even. Yeah, you yeah, you picked nothing. up a game. It's You're back five. Yeah, it's nothing. You have to do four out of five at minimum. Mm-hmm. How much of it will I watch if it's still going well, on? Are you going to Kinnick on Saturday? No, I'm out. After these last two days, I can't. I'm not anxious to see. I think this is one of the storylines for the weekend mm-hmm. to clip and save. How many? It's sold out. Yes. <laughs> How many of those tickets are not used? It's going and there's to be, going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of unused tickets. Now, this is anecdotal, anecdotal, but my group of, we have 11 tickets together. Mm-hmm. I believe three are taken for the weekend. You're not using eight of the tickets? What are you going to do with them? Eat them. Wow. Nobody's buying them. No. Uh, we just had Dr. Macy Dealman in here from Elite Eye Care, mm-hmm. and she was cutting a commercial and talking to her. Also has season tickets. She says her group and her family, they have 10. Four are accounted for. Really? Now, there's just two groups. Right. But, <laughs> but that's less than half out of those two. And this isn't two groups that have, you know, pair of season tickets. Right. 11 with you mm-hmm. and 10 with the doctor. And they are. Macy Dealman, is that her name? Yes. And seven of them mm-hmm. are being used. It's Jeez. just. I don't know what it's going to look like. One of the reasons I thought it'd be good, though, yes, it's sold out. I figured this would be a game that some people, night game, stay away mm-hmm. from. You know, get, want to do something, whatever it is, is this be one where you could stretch out a little bit more with the kids and they could, it oh, would be okay. I remember okay. you saying yeah. you, were, you, were, you were kicking, the, you and Tara were kicking the tires about taking your children over there. I, I don't want to subject them uh. to Spencer Petrus. <laughs> yeah, come I'm, on. I'm a good dad. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> come on. Jack's first game is not having to watch that punk quarterback. I'm not going to do remember. it. <laughs> you scar him for life? Is that Exactly. It? Oh my God. He scored his first touchdown in flag football last week. You I got to see it. the clip of that. Yeah, it was awesome. And now... I cannot subject him to his first football game watching Spencer Peters try to throw the football around. I just can't do it. And there's no way that uh, that you're going to bring Jack home a Cardinal and Gold 19 or 12. What number is Decker's? 12, right? 12. Um, there's probably no chance and that's going to happen. There, it's more likely than a 7, that's for sure. He, well, seven's going to be under center uh, for those of you who did buy that jersey. Uh, look, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by this. It we just shouldn't. seemed like what a perfect spot. But, you know, on the on the other side of the coin, yes, it would have been a perfect spot to build up Padilla's and the offense's confidence. But maybe it's the same can be said for the for Petrus. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes out there and, I don't know, what's a good day for him? 240 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no picks, and they win by, I don't know, 21? Cover. Cover. Win by 24? Yeah. Win at 38? Right. Yeah, that's a good day. Petrus is, I don't know what he is, he's 17 for 28, 240, two touchdowns. Is that likely? Well, Can no. you see that even against this Nevada team that just gave up well, 650 yards to Incarnate Word? If there is a team that it's likely to happen against, it's certainly this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Big Ten is on the horizon. Um, and an improved Rutgers team. Yeah, an improved Rutgers team. You know what? Uh, credit where credit is due. And I wanted to, to mention this today. Um, way to go, Chad Leistikow. Mm-hmm. Chad Leistikow came prepared to the... And I'm not saying this was the first time. Please don't take it that way. Right. He, he's a good journalist. Um, whether you like the way he writes or not, he's, he's, he's fair, I think. He asked a really couple of really good, difficult, prickly questions. Very pointed. He was, and had the, and had the, he knew that Ferentz, because Ferentz got that memory like a steel trap, yes, right? He, does. he can go back, well, 2004, after mm-hmm. four weeks, we were blah, blah, blah. And um, 
Leistikow had receipts. He, he, he had he knew what his question was going to be. It was going to be tough, and he had the backup to go along with that question. So I get it. People don't like to hear media praising media, but way to go, Chad Leistikow. Tough questions needed to be asked. He asked them, and I thought Ference was uh, fair in his answers. He responded in typical Kirk fashion. Now he thought he had Kirk thought he had a gotcha moment. How about the bowl game? Right, seventeen. 17. I mentioned with, that with three interceptions. Uh huh. Which is uh-huh. also a big part of that. That's what I mean. Leistikow was prepared for the pushback. I, I want to be careful how to say this because I know how you respond to this. You root for old guys. Yeah. Kirk, to me, felt very old yesterday in that press conference. He felt... In what respect? Out of touch. Yeah, well, you, a lot of, you're not the only one in the fan base to say that. He felt like he doesn't get it. Uh-huh. That he is missing something that is easy to see, and he is baffled by this. Do you believe that the outside doesn't get inside those walls? Do to we- a certain degree, yes, mm-hmm. I do. Um, in fact, uh, on my podcast yesterday, talking with LaShawn Daniels, who was obviously inside mm-hmm. that locker room for four years, and he said, there is no outside noise. There is no bringing up a columnist, a radio. None of that does get in. Now, the players still know. If you get on social media, you know what's mm-hmm. happening. You know what's being talked about. But his about. predecessor, Hayden Fry, did know. He absolutely did know. Uh-huh. And he would come right back. Yeah. So you bring up Hayden. Um, I want to go this direction with you because I have talked about this now for two weeks. This is bringing back a lot of memories of 1998 to yeah, me. I'm with you. A lot of memories. It feels like it's coming to the end, doesn't it? And I want to bring this up to you. So 1998, after the loss to Iowa State. This column comes out, not in the Des Moines Register, not in the Press Citizen, not in the Gazette, in the Chicago Tribune, from a columnist called Andrew Bagato. I remember that name. Hey, Hayden, bolt before revolt. And it is a long, scathing column. In the Tribune. In the Chicago so Tribune. So was, was, uh, was, 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 was this in Bagnato? Yes. Did he precede Teddy Greenstein maybe as the college football writer over there? I believe you are correct. If my memory serves, yes, that's what it was. It was a national story. It became so big that Mark Hansen had a rebuttal column to the Bogato column saying, slow down on this. But at the end of Hansen's column, Mark Hansen says, now if this thing ends up three and eight, then we need to have a different conversation. Uh What did they finish that year? Three and eight. We know there were also health problems with Hayden, which did change it. But there were times that season where Hayden, he felt old for the first time. And he wasn't quite as sharp. And I think health had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But the parallels here. The Big Ten Championship game a year ago. Great defense, struggling offense. 1997. Really good defense. Matt Sherman gets hurt. The offense completely craters, falls apart. They disappoint, ultimately, there. And then, in 1998, that offense was brutal. Scored nine points against Iowa State. 11 the next week against Arizona. Three different times in Big Ten play. They only scored one touchdown. What does that sound like? (laughs) 2022 so far? Here's the difference. As far as we know, Kirk is not dealing with health issues Mm -hmm. like Hayden was. Kirk has dug in his heels here. He's very stubborn. He's stubborn. And I've had this question a lot this week. Will he, if they disappoint, go 4-8? and eight? Will he walk off into the sunset? Will he do like Hayden walk away? I don't think there's a chance in hell. I could not see 
Kirk going out like that. What? Well, he'll, he'll have to fire Brian. Will he? He's well, sticking he, behind the worst quarterback in college football. Yeah, no, he can't. He, if, he's, if, no. if he can't get rid of Spencer Petras, you think he's going to get rid of his son? Come on. It's a big ask when you put it that way. Yeah. Um, and, I, and this isn't the first time I've said this, too. I think Brian would do the right thing. I think it was make it easy on the old I man. think that's more likely. Right. He takes the job, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Because be. he's been around football forever, and he, and he knows that, that he's failing. And he has to hear what's going on. Yes. I mean, I, I get such a kick. Who do we have last week that um, – it might have been Mike Palm when he was talking to us on Friday. And he said – was it Freeman at Notre Dame? It mentioned. I don't even know what the point spread is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. It's yeah. on every freaking crawl. <laughs> right. it, it, the point spreads are everywhere now. It's a part of sports talk radio, like it or not. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't. It's the future. It's one of the aspects that's not going away. Nope. It's going to – there are shows, maybe not here, um, that will continue to devote more time to – Sports talk or sports betting, just plain and simple. The way uh, the way uh, we've got here, um, Brian walks away. Does Kurt sticker? Does Kirk stick around at four and eight? Yeah, I think he does. I th- I cannot see him going out. Like I don't that. think so either. He's also got forty eight million reasons not to. Right, but he doesn't need the money. Well, he doesn't need it. But has Kirk been a guy that's walked away from the money? No, but he's been very good. But I mean, it's not like uh, he's given back. He has. He's, but he's, but Neil Cornerich, he is. Yeah, no, he's not. He's, he, he's taken athletic directors, uh-huh, two of them now, uh-huh. and he has got very fair deals for his client. In, yeah, well, that's his Kirk job. Pants. It is. And he's done a good job with that. All right, we're going to talk to Dave Sproul. We'll get back to Iowa with uh, with John Bowenkamp coming up here at uh, 1045. Anything else from the presser, that uh, either one of them? No, the oldness factor, that, that was one thing that I had in my notes. You're right. I, I thought T- Chad did a really good job about it. Nico Regani, close, maybe playing this week. Yeah. Keegan Johnson practicing mm-hmm. and really practicing. Mm-hmm, There's been multiple reports from beat guys about that. This was not the practice back in August where it was a picture of him right. on the practice field. Right. This is real practice. That Apparently so. Uh, so so will we see him again against Rutgers, maybe on a, uh, a part-time basis, yeah. uh, gearing up for 15, Michigan? 15, 20 snaps, something like that. Uh-huh. I think In that's a realistic of, goal. Of, of, of Michigan. Well, we'll see if it makes a difference. Certainly hope that it does. Can't hurt. It can't hurt. I agree with you. Wick's Wick. He's walk-on for a reason. Um, the, the last thing anybody wants is this team to crash and go down. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's a bunch of people story coming. <laughs> yeah, really, absolutely. That's, they're hoping for Plenty that. Plenty of them live here, too. Sure, sure. But you want your teams at relevant. Uh, selfishly, we want them in December yes, or January. Uh, more football's good. Anyways, uh, the last thing we thought that we would be discussing is, can this team even win six games? Big Ten West, there's some change maybe afoot. I mean, look at Illinois. has got a pulse. They do. Minnesota looks like the team to beat. Wisconsin's on a downward slide. Nebraska's Nebraska. Produced a major threat. You know that game against Syracuse? That's a sneaky good game this absolutely. week. Absolutely. It's a Syracuse-Purdue, really yep. I'm thinking of taking that out of the sneaky category, making this a talker for you, Bam and I, on Friday. It's that good. I agree with you. I'm right there with you. I want to see. We know they update the conference odds at a lot of different sports books. I wonder if anybody's updated division odds. Mm. Who would be your favorite in the Big Ten West right now? Minnesota? Yeah. Or Purdue. Wisconsin still up there? No, nah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I, they I outgained Washington State. That was a goofy game. Lost 17-14 to a decent Washington State They're team. okay. They're okay. But the game's in Madison. They should, you should win that football game. Should. What kind of odds would I have to give you to bet on Illinois? I'd give you 8-1. to one. Would you take a chance? I think I would. I would, too. I would. I mean, I feel awful. They should be three and zero. 
Six and three might win this thing. It might. It might. Everyone beating up on each other. Uh Uh-huh. And Minnesota, they have the best schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. Hope you listened to us this summer and bought one of those gopher tickets. Tried Mm -hmm. to tell you. What were they when you got them? Plus 750? Hmm. 950? Yeah, I let my heart get in the way of my head. I mean, I'm rooting for Petrus, right? I wanted this I know to be you a do. turnaround yeah. year. Yeah, I've gotten soft as you get older. You really and truly do. Um, it clouds your judgment. I wanted the kid to have, I wanted the, um, you know, a, a good ending to a, his career. Yeah, right you off know? into the sunset. Yeah, get the girl, you know, <laughs> um, at the end of the show. This Anyways, isn't a movie. This no, is real life. It is. Uh, it's 10-22. Uh, we will come back. Dave Sproul was in Ames. Uh, the latest on Iowa State, there uh, met players and Matt Campbell yesterday, so we'll talk to Dave Sproul about that. Ohio, 1 o'clock, ESPN Plus has that one. Is this going to be their last ESPN Plus game this year? Oh, there's got to be a Big 12 game in there as well, isn't there? But they've paid the price twice. They've fallen on the sword twice. Two out of three. You would hope so, right? Good God, enough is enough. And rewatching it, it is such a pain in it's the butt. A, it really is, Trent. I know when we sound like old people bitching about watching Guess something. what we are? <laughs> Two old guys bitching about things. But nobody wants that. You want to turn on your TV. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave Sproul, John Bowenkamp, that's our number one. Our number two, Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. He is their national, one of their national college football writers. I'm sure he'll have something to say about what's going on in Iowa City. We'll pick his brain on that. But we'll go around college football. And then Mitch Holtis on the eve of an AFC West showdown. Herbert V. Mahomes. Boy, oh boy. That sounds like appointment online TV to me. Back after You're in trouble. <laughs> it's a 106.3. Oh, Des Moines. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, 1030. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. John Boeingkamp uh, uh, from the AP, from Hawkeye Nation. Uh, he'll join us coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Dave Sproul, KSI 1430 uh, in Ames. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County, uh, as well as part of the Learfield broadcast. Uh, Dave was in Ames yesterday where the uh, sixth grade softball coach in Gilbert met the assembled media, and Dave joins us. Hello. How are you, Dave Sproul? Yeah, it was good. I've just been wondering, you know, how I get my hands on one of those uh, Gilbert fifth grade softball <laughs> T-shirts uh, that we're wearing. I think you have to be on scholarship or something like that to get one of those. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was really well done. I don't know which player was behind it or whoever's idea it was, but when you know that uh, we, what we're talking about is Campbell following. And this is was that the first time Dave was uh, that he referenced that was following the win over in Iowa City this week when he talked about his halftime speech and he uh, brought up a, an example of. Uh, you know what he told the kids, the sixth grade girls softball team that was playing for a championship while he was coaching Gilbert. Yeah, uh, that's the first time I'd heard that story. So it's a it, he was definitely saving that one for a special occasion. Well, that one that certainly fit the beat. It's been a long time. He finally checked that box. I don't know if there's any boxes left for uh, for Campbell to check. So let's do the the walking wounded first. Uh, coming out of the game, um, uh, the the uh, the Hawk game. Any concerns? Any new injuries? Hearing some whispers, maybe that Frailer might be a little bit banged up. Uh, what what are you if hearing if anything? Uh, Coach Campbell addressed that yesterday, and he sounded optimistic, I would say, that Freeler and, and Jalen Knoll, for that instance, too, who both you know, right. they both got banged up pretty good during the game, uh, he, he found pretty confident that that's just 
you know, bumps and bruises kind of thing and, and should be good to go for Saturday. We'll find out for sure on Saturday because we know how closely guarded he is on those. Mm-hmm. He also sounded more optimistic than previously that uh, Jake Remsburg and even Cartavius Norton could return. I, I was thinking Norton would be a, at least a two- or three-week injury, and I would still be somewhat surprised to see Norton on the field. I, I would not at all be surprised to see Remsburg on the field at some point this Saturday based on uh, what Campbell said yesterday. But as we always know, it's, it's all day-to-day. Be a huge step forward, getting Remsburg out there. We know when he's right, just how good he has been. Out of that young group, you know, Triber, would he be the guy, ultimately, that would be knocked out of the starting five that we've seen? Well, last week, every single snap went to uh, those five guys. Is that what you'd anticipate would happen when Remsburg's ready to go? Yeah, and actually, they did mix and match some offensive linemen just a little bit, and you can see it on that 99-yard drive. They, they shuffled a couple guys in and out, so I think they basically used six linemen last week. Maybe, yeah, Triber. I I think if Remsburg comes back in all likelihood, and this is my speculation more than anything, Triber would probably start, and then Remsburg would kind of work his way into gotcha. the lineup, maybe rotate it now so they don't stress him too much in the, the first game back against the opponent you probably should beat handily. Uh, so when it comes that time, maybe, you know, when, when big fall play starts against Baylor next Saturday, maybe it is Remsburg then back in the starting lineup if he's, if he's good to go there. And, you know, Trevor will probably still get playing time. He might get playing time at more than one position. We've seen uh, Campbell and his crew move guys around on that offensive line if they if they need to because, you know, it's a grueling sport, and it's especially grueling there on the front lines, and, and sometimes you need to give your uh, offensive lineman a rest, and uh, he's uh, he's been very adamant about doing that when, when it's needed and developing the kind of depth he wants to be able to, to do that, and obviously that's paid off in the last couple of weeks, so... Uh, I would think Triver would probably yeah be removed from the starting lineup, but probably still get some playing time even when Remsburg returns. Yeah, I think it was Zach Ross might have been the the sixth offensive lineman yeah. that saw a little playing yeah. time, uh, but other than that, for the most part, yeah, it was, it was those same guys. You know, who else was uh, was recognized at the press conference. It was good. It was good to see because I thought I think Jared Russ is having a really good final season. I mean, what he was asked to do in the position he's playing now, uh, and he made a couple of big plays in that football game. May not stop. He's one of those won't be up on the stat sheet so if you didn't see the game and you're looking for his name i probably didn't play much um but russ made some uh, uh i thought some pivotal plays in that game a couple of uh springing some guys for some extra yards and campbell recognized him a for what he's done to get to this point uh and b the his play on the field yeah and it, it was a long journey for jared russ and he started out as a walk-on linebacker who didn't even see much practice time uh much less playing time and there was a point he admitted uh, he was he was pretty discouraged, uh, but uh, then they you know they were looking ahead to see who might replace a guy like Sam Steenbuckner, who was kind of the primary blocking tight end slash fullback position, and they they said you know let's give Russ a try, and Steenbuckner kind of took him under his wing, and Russ you know got the reps he was looking for, and uh, was able to develop himself into the type of player now who you can trust to, to be a starter and be the guy who, you know, wipes out a linebacker or extra defensive lineman or something like that to open up a hole for your running back. It's it's kind of your classic Rex Rich's story because Russ is a guy who, he, he said he was going to come to Iowa State anyway, whether he played football or not. He said he, he got some FBS offers, but really he he just wanted to go to Iowa State because of the, the academic side and, and give football a shot and see what happened. And it's pretty cool to see it all work out for him this way. So we see Hunter Deckers lead the drive in what he was able to do, 99 yards, 6-for-6 six six on third downs, mm-hmm. and he did it 
with Xavier Hutchinson. I think Hutchinson had, what, five of those receptions, including the touchdown that culminated it. Xavier Hutchinson, there's been some great receivers here recently for Iowa State. Where do you put him in the pecking order, and what does it take for him maybe to get to that top spot? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question because I don't have the numbers in front of me because, you know, the career statistics can really add up and, mm-hmm. and help uh, carve your place in, in history at, at a school like this. But when you see what he has meant to this team in particular, and you go back to last season too, I mean, you could you could argue he's just as valuable as an Alan Lazard, a Hakeem Butler type of guy. You go back even further to like a Lane Danielson type dude. Uh, you know, those are the guys you see in, in the record books in their in terms of their career at Iowa State. And if Hutchinson keeps doing what he's been doing the last couple of weeks, he'll be right up there with those guys and might have a chance at some single-season records. And, and yeah, he'll be uh, considered in the, the same breath with the, the top receivers to ever play at Iowa State. And it's uh, It's been uh, pretty remarkable to see what, what he's become because he was kind of an unknown, I think, coming uh-huh. out of junior college. He played one, one season of junior college and myself and I'm sure a lot of others are thinking, you know, what's this guy? He's just uh, probably a complimentary dude. And he's, he's turned himself into a legit, you know, all Big 12 guy, all-American type of guy, mm-hmm. and a guy who's going to leave uh, certainly a legacy on the field, if not off it as well, at, at Iowa State. Yeah, I'm glad. I like the way you answered that, Dave, uh, what he has meant to this team, because it can't be understated. I mean, all of those dudes that they lost, right, the quarterback, the running back, both of the tight ends, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Tyreek Milton goes to where he's at Texas now, right? Uh, but point being is this guy, he was the carryover from, you know, on, on paper, maybe didn't show up on the field as one of the best teams that Iowa State was able to uh, to put together. He was the carryover, and his leadership, uh, I I think, amongst this you know this next group of Cyclones, uh, I I think that uh, the Campbell was very fortunate when he said he's coming back for one more year. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how much that decision had to do with you know maybe he wasn't uh, particularly sold on his draft stock in, in the NFL to make it year and be the man be the you know a true number one receiver uh you know he wasn't one last year but you know he also had to split catches with the tight ends you mentioned uh but now he's, he's man we're losing you, you dave know, we're losing you're on your phone take a step to your right or your left <laughs> it's just freaking cell phone are you there Xbox nice. here. I thought I thought this would work better. Well, you're, you're, that that sentence worked. Uh, you know what else worked? Uh, seemingly was moving Will McDonald around on that defensive line. Um, it, I would anticipate we'll see more of that going forward, Dave. You know, I'll be curious. I asked Isaiah Lee. We didn't get to talk to Will yesterday, but I asked Isaiah Lee about it yesterday. He was kind of noncommittal because probably because you know it's not like he's coming up the game plan and 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 working all that stuff out. And but I I, I think. You know, a lot of that game plan, we talk about a lot on offense, but it's true on defense. A lot of the game plan revolves around what the opponent does and trying to take away what they do, take advantage of weaknesses. So I, I think that was something maybe specific for Iowa, but if they see another team that, that has a similar style of play, which you would expect to be maybe better at execution, if not style, uh, that, you know, they might try that again uh, just because, you know, McDonald is such a, a, an athletic guy. He can move around. He can jump. You saw how high he got on that path he deflected. Uh, and so just to use that athletic ability that he has in different spots 
yeah, I won't be surprised if we see it at least some throughout the course of the season. How much of it probably will depend on the opponent. Good stuff. Dave Sproul, KSI, 1430 AM, and part of the uh, Cyclone Radio Network, part of Learfield uh, for Iowa State football. Dave, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Dave Sproul. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul, as we catch up on uh, on Iowa State. All right, likewise with Iowa, and John Bowenkamp is going to help us out with that. John's coming up next. Miller and Condon taking you till noon. Stuart Mandel and Mitch Holtis in Hour 2. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.0. KXNO. Points. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, coming up, hour number two. Stuart Mandel, uh, college football lead writer for The Athletic. And then uh, Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's John Bowen, Camby Riedemann, uh, the AP. Uh, you read them at HawkeyeNation.com, dot, dot, dot. You find them a lot of places. You find them with us right now. Hello, John, Trent, and Ken. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. So let me let's go back in the wayback machine since you've covered this uh, program for decades. Uh, Trent brought it up early in the program. Um, to him, uh, kind of feels like the end of the Hayden Fry era. Uh, I think back, it, I can see the similarities mm-hmm. um, that the Trent was referencing. Do you remember that? Does it? Are, are there any kind of similar feels to you that we're starting to see? I don't know. Uh, as Trent put it, an older Kirk Ferentz. No, I, you know, I don't know. Somebody, we were, I was talking about this yesterday with somebody, and and it does, in a way, kind of feel like that 98 season. But the the difference is in 98 was you didn't see any help coming. You know, like there wasn't a lot of depth there. There wasn't a lot of young, you know. With with this group, you see a lot of young talent. You see the Arlen Bruce and the Cooper Jeans, Xavier Wonka, those, those kind of guys. Um, so I, I, that's why I... I'm not quite sure, but at the same time, you know, this this team has a lot of issues right now. So, in a way, it does kind of feel like one of those teams. We've seen contentious press conferences before. I remember the Luke Meredith one where Kirk uh, talked to him beforehand. And mm-hmm. we, we've seen these kind of – how uncomfortable was it yesterday? I listened, I watched, I read the transcript again. Felt different, though. What was it inside that press conference yesterday? No, I mean he was challenged, and I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of people challenged him with points of, you know, this is what's not working. Why is this not working? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know, here's the numbers, that sort of thing. And and Kirk stood firm. This is this is where what he wants to do. This is what they're going to do. And you know, at least publicly, that's what I mean. That's the way it looks. And 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 so. Um, I mean, he he stood firm, but but he faced a lot of questions just because there are a lot of questions I think that that need to be answered, and 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 I think that you know yesterday that's what it was. There were a lot of people asking those questions, and I don't think they got the satisfactory answer. The bottom line is he's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed he is. And what he's going to do is he's going to play Spencer Petrus again. So what's behind it? I mean, he, they keep referencing the fact that we see them practice, and he's right. Um, right. You know, he sees practice. The media doesn't. The fans certainly don't. Uh, and what he sees tells him or leads him to start Spencer Petrus week after week when the results aren't there statistically or in the loss column from this past week. So what is it? Is Padilla... 
Look, he was okay. He didn't, wasn't a world beater by any means uh, when he came in. Uh, but but Padilla is he is is, is Petrus that much better? Do you think, John? Is that it, bottom line? Might it just be that you know what we're playing the best guy on the roster? That and that very well could be. And I and I mean I you know one of the one of the things is that that and he keeps bringing this up and and there is uh, there is something to it in the fact of. You know, you've got wide receivers hurt. You've got an offensive line that's been in flux. You've got a lot of things, and he keeps saying, you know, well, you know, this I can't give a fair assessment until we get some of these guys back and some of this stuff, you know, kind of stabilizes. I get that. But at the same time, if you just break down Spencer Petras's performance, you know, regardless of whatever else, and you think about the throws he's missed, you know, the the, the, the plays he's made, to me, that should justify a change if you want to make a change. But, you know, like I said, there, there's, there's been a lack of execution on this offense, period. Whether it's on the offense line, whether it's wide receivers, whether it's, I mean, you fumbled twice in Renzo, you know, in two games, once each game. I mean, that, that can't happen. Um, oh. You know, getting back to Petrus, he's thrown interceptions, field goals. So there's just been a lack of execution, period, from, from, from whatever position group. And, you know, and so I, I think they think, okay, Gavin Williams is coming back this week, and I think that's going to be important. Um, you're going to get Nico Regani back probably, maybe Saturday, who knows, but, but maybe next week. You know, who knows what Keegan Johnson's status is at this point. There's guys coming back, but I don't know how long you can wait to say, well, we now we've got the, the pieces in place to make that assessment. So, I, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of issues right now that I think just go beyond making the quarterback change. It goes a lot deeper than that. And, of course, yeah. another big component of this is the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz. His name was Brian Jones. He wouldn't be around, but it's not. Nepotism, it's a hell of a thing. Probably wouldn't have been here in the first place. Absolutely wouldn't. His resume does not have that and certainly does not put together a guy that should be offensive coordinator. Yet Here we are. This thing continues poorly. Iowa misses a bowl game. And the defense is ra- offense. Excuse me, is ranked in the hundreds once again. What happens? I, I think probably a change gets made. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't see why it would. And I mean, I, I mean, I know you can. I, I can see why it would. But at the same time, I, I think I think there's 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 enough within within the people making that decision that will realize we've got to do something. But the bottom at the end of the day, it's still Kirk Ferentz's offense regardless of who's calling plays. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and Chad Leisco, I think, had, had, the, had the column today on, on you know, on, on how you change things. And I, I do think you, he needs to be flexible in some of this stuff. And, I, I mean, we go back, I've said this before, you know, so many times in here, Arlen Bruce, phenomenal talent. You, you have to use him right now as you're using him as a wide receiver. But when you get everybody back, how can you incorporate him in the offense? What can you do differently with him? You know, and and if and if Keegan Johnson is back with his talent, what do you do with him? There's, there's a lot of creativity that I think they need to have with this offense, and I get why now, right now, they can't. But you think back to last year and what you you know what they had tried to do with Tyra Goodson in the past, running the Wildcat didn't do any of that last year. You know, that sort of thing. There needs to be a freshness, I think, to what they're of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, John, you're in the press box for all the home games. You read all the notes. My my question is: Is there a um, does anyone ever come out? We know the game is sold out, but will there be right. a number that's 
tickets redeemed, you know, tickets sold X, tickets redeemed Y, because it sure seems like there's going to be thousands, hundreds for sure, probably thousands of uh, of unused tickets this weekend. Doesn't it sense that? And will we get that number? Is there any way to find out? No. No, they, 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 the attendance they report, the official attendance for the NCAA is, is tickets sold, and that's what they'll tell. You know, and again, I don't know. I don't know how many people be there. It's supposed to be a nice night on and Saturday night games. Always seem to draw on the app Nevada, but you know, I mean, I know I, I've, I've got a friend of mine coming from Nevada. She wants to see a game, and I know she didn't have a problem finding a ticket. And then again, that was three weeks ago too. Okay. So I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't I haven't looked at the ticket market, so I don't really know what's out there at this point. But um, I still think a lot of people show up, and 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 if they win. There'll still be questions, you know, a lot depends. I mean, I will just be kind of curious to see how they handle everything offensively on Saturday night. You know, how long of a leash there is with Spencer Petras, that sort of thing. Because um, I just keep I just keep thinking you can't, can't keep doing this, you know, so. Who else did you talk to yesterday? Of course, Spencer uh, being there right away, 11 o'clock before Kirk had his press conference. He's there answering mm-hmm. questions, said it's status quo. Here we go. I'm the starter, yeah. and, and that's what we learned, obviously, was the case there. What about talking to the other guys? Any sense of frustration, angst? What was your takeaway, and who did you talk to outside of Petrus yesterday? I mean, I mean, Gavin Williams is there, and, and, okay. I, and I think it is going to be really good to get because I, I mean, I, I, LaShawn Williams is a really good running back, but there wasn't anything behind him. Now I think when you get Gavin Williams back and you can kind of use him maybe in the passing game a little bit. But he was there and he said, he just basically said, look, we're not executing. You know, and, you know, Riley Moss was there and he he defended Spencer Peters. And His roommate. Logan Jones. Logan Jones was there and, and he and he defended him. You know, so, I mean, they're, 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 they're saying all the right things right now. They're saying the mm-hmm. right things in public. And I mean, they they seem to think that this is all just a matter of we can clean this up, we can do this, we can do that, and 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 I mean, there's there's still some confidence there, at least at what they're they're portraying to the media. You don't get the kind of little. Sometimes you can could catch hints from players in the past, but I didn't get that yesterday from any of those guys. John, uh, we had a, we talked to a couple of people um, early in the week that followed the program that it was their sense that there was going to be a change that the buzz coming out after Saturday, you know, Sunday into in, into Monday was uh, within the walls of the of the, of the football program. Uh, the change was coming. That it was going to be. There was going to be. Uh, Padilla was going to start this week. Did you hear that? And do you think that um, did that? Did they ever get close to making a switch, John? I, I don't know, but I mean, I mean, I heard, I heard something on Sunday, and, and I don't want to repeat because it was just kind of a rumor sort of deal about something somebody saw outside the football building, and, and um, but it. Uh, I I honestly thought there would be a change. I really did. Just just judging from what Kirk said on Saturday, you know, some, we're going to reassess it. You knew that, and, you know, and I go back to Brian's Zoom call last week where he really didn't quite seem to be that, you know, like, hey, Spencer's got to do his job, you know, that sort of thing. And so I honestly think, and again, I, I don't, you know, we'll know on Saturday night when that first snap happens, you know, and, and, and it still wouldn't surprise me if maybe something happens during the next few days that makes a decision. I don't know. But yesterday, I didn't get a hint yesterday that there was going to be any change. Monday night, 
Ken settling in to watch his Broncos. I got Monday Night Football on. It was fun listening to Buck and Aikman and felt like a big event. See the numbers, by the way? It was a big event. And then you hop on Twitter, and suddenly the cameos are coming out. Um, Heard from a contact in the athletic department that the emails were flying back and forth Monday night. How are we going to combat this? What do we do? No response. Nothing came out yesterday. I was ultimately a little bit surprised. Also surprised there wasn't well, a Fred question. Fred McCaffrey had a statement. He had a statement. Yeah. But nothing yeah. that came out in a, I thought there was going to be something a little bit bigger than that. Your takeaway, kind of weird, and I don't know, why didn't it come up in the press conference yesterday? Uh, you know, I don't know why it didn't, but I, I will say this. I, I, I just don't think they wanted to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever, ha real funny, you mm-hmm. know. Um, because I, I didn't think I just think they didn't want to give it any more credence than than you know they want you know when Fran made the statement last night I, I thought that was a good way to handle it and all that and I, I I I know a lot of people thought it was funny and and in the videos when you watch them but at the same time it's like you're dragging a couple of guys into this that don't have anything to do with it sure. and you know I it I I don't know it. it it was one of those things that I, I just think they just didn't want to draw attention to. Just look, let's, you know, we got a football game. To we're not going to worry about it. So I, I think that's probably the approach they were taking yesterday. Well, selfishly, it got me over a Broncos loss. So, uh, last thing, John, we got like about 30, se- 30 seconds left. Uh, Dodgers clinch. Um, yep. Sunrises in the east, sets in the west. Oh, yeah. uh, here we yeah. go again. Um, this gets, must get boring, right? There's what? There's nine out of no. the last ten? No, no, it doesn't get old. Um, you know, and Dave Roberts made a point last night that a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys on this team have never dealt with with division championships. Some of the guys they have, and so I think I think he thought that was cool last night for a lot of guys on that team that they are now going to get an opportunity to play in the postseason. And I thought that was kind of John Bone, uh, Associated Press, HawkeyeNation dot com, amongst other places. John, thank you as always. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it, John Bone. Thanks. Yep, good to talk to you. John Bowencamp, as we take a look back at Iowa State with Dave Sproul and then uh, the Hawks with John Bowencamp. All right, hour number two. Come back, do a segment, then get Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, Miller and Condon. Hour two next on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.